The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And it's Friday. It's The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. He's the man called Sting. The man called Sting. He's the man called Kofi. And he's gonna win a trophy. All right. It's Friday here. I love the man called Sting, the famous... Entrance song for Sting in the 90s, written by Jimmy Hart. One of the uh, most hilarious tunes ever. Love it, man. I also love the fact that Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville are coming up. Two of the hottest up-and-coming stars in WWE NXT. We're going to talk about what life is like as part of NXT and the WWE Performance Center down in Orlando, Florida. Neither of these guys is new to wrestling, though they're definitely not rookies. They're just new to the WWE. They've been working for 10 years apiece, decades of experience. Adrian is from Newcastle, England. Sami Zayn from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. From opposite parts of the world, but they're the best of friends, and they're great, great performers. You're going to be hearing a lot about them, a lot about what they what they got coming up on December 11th. They have the NXT R Evolution Takeover, only available on the WWE Network. They're facing each other for the NXT Championship. You are not going to want to miss it. Also, wait until you hear how they kill time backstage and on the road. Things are a lot different these days. There's Archie Comics involved. I'm not kidding. We'll get into their gimmicks, how they got their names, and we'll find out how the Olay chant first started for Sammy. Plus, we'll talk to new Fozzie bass player Jeff Rouse. He's a Seattle legend. He's got so many cool stories to tell about his early days in rock and roll and about how he's uh, ingratiated himself into the Fozzie lineup. But first, you know what I have to do here. I have to say thanks to you for using my links every time you shop at Amazon. Easiest way to support the show and it's the easiest way to support me. Every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to this show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, and Amazon Canada. A eh? Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. Like for instance, the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Debuted in the top 50 on the Billboard charts. It's our best record ever. Biggest seller, highest charter. You must go check it out. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. It's a perfect Christmas gift. You got to go check it out. Or my new book, The Best in the World at What? I Have No Idea. 
third time New York Times bestseller. Uh, and also people are saying it's the best Chris Jericho book out of the three that I've done. Another great holiday gift. See, you don't even have to go to the store. Just go to Amazon and buy Chris Jericho merchandise and your family will be so excited and so happy. Hey, listen, you can buy whatever you want, though. You can buy furniture. You can buy clothes. You can buy, I think there's probably paintings on there. I bought some cool bracelets on Amazon the other day. Uh, a fridge. You need a fridge. You can get that on Amazon. You can find anything you want, and you, you just got to use the Amazon links. You can you can buy what you want. It won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra challenges. So if you happen to be doing some Amazon shopping, which you will because it's Christmas, you can help out this show and help out me in the process. Easy way to get your holiday shopping done. I'm telling you right now, you got to go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk Is Jericho button. Bookmark it as well so you can get those links in one easy click. All right. Hanging out here at the House of Blues in New Orleans, midway through the Cinder Block Party with Texas Hippie Coalition and Shaman's Harvest. We're rolling through the states and we're getting ready to do a week in Florida, the Destin, Destin, Florida at Club LA tonight. Aqua in the Rock Bar Room in Jacksonville tomorrow on Saturday. We hit Dixie's Roadhouse in Cape Coral, Florida on Sunday the 7th. Then on the 9th, we're hitting Gainesville. On the 10th, we're doing Fort Lauderdale, House of Blues in Lake Buena Vista on the 11th. And the last night of the tour is December 12th in Tampa at the State Theater. Don't miss the tour that everyone is talking about. People are having an absolute blast on these shows. A lot of THC fans, a lot of Shaman Harvest fans, and a lot of Fozzie fans getting together for one big rock and roll regatta. One big rock and roll family reunion. Come check it out and uh, hear your favorite tunes. Let me know what you think on the Twitter at Fozzie Rock. And then... Next year, if you're in the UK or Germany or Switzerland or France, you can come be a part of the Cinderblock Party World Tour 2015 with the Dirty Youth, one of the hottest up-and-coming bands in the UK right now. That starts March 4th in Belfast, Ireland. We're going to Cork, Dublin after that. Then we're hitting the rest of the UK. we got shows in Manchester, Glasgow, London, Bristol, Brighton, Southampton, Exeter, uh, everywhere. And then we're going to, to Bochum, Germany, Mannheim, Munich, heading over to Pratens, Switzerland, Paris, France. You can get all information about all these shows on FozzyRock.com. And you can pick up VIP tickets as well. It's one of the best VIP experiences you'll ever have. You won't be disappointed if you do the package. Come say hi, hang out with us, take some pictures, ask some questions, do all the things you want to do, uh, and have a Fozzy experience. That's another great Christmas gift as well. You will not be disappointed. Also, you will not be disappointed by Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville coming up soon. But first, we're going to have a little conversation with the new bass player in Fozzy, the amazing Jeff Rouse, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And uh, I think you'll agree. We're here with uh, with Jeff, my buddy Jeff Rouse, who is now the new bass player in Fozzy, uh, which has been super cool. How uh, have you have you liked it so far? It's been awesome, man. I mean, uh, you, I mean, I think obviously you can tell I like to run around and jump around on stage a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, fit it was a real easy fit. Yeah, it was, and it's funny too because it, I mean, it, whenever you get a new guy in the band or join a new band, it takes a while to get kind of the stage. Uh, chemistry but like you and i have a lot of fun on stage now yeah. starting like we have the same attitude like just have fun yep you know yeah i mean that's why put on a show yeah you know but also have fun i mean it, you're obviously playing for people but it you know for me from the beginning i always played music because i like to play music and i love being on stage with cool people and mm -hmm. and uh 
10 or 10,000 is what you say. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's our motto, you know, and yeah. some nights you get that, you know, but the, the vibe has to be the same every time. And I mean, it, it's, it's always fun to look over. Like if I'm on one part of the stage, you're always kind of on the other part of the stage, you know, or on the, on the ego riser. I mean, that's, that's cool. It's like, that, that's the way it should be. Everybody on stage is a star. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like blocking, I guess, and acting, but it's not acting, but yeah, you're right. You that's know, a good but, point. But it's, you know, um, I remember going and watch a lot of my favorite bands and everyone moved around all my favorite bands mm. I wasn't much of a shoegazer thing maybe in, in some parts of my life I liked some of the Oasis stuff and a lot of bands like that and where the music speaks for itself but generally if I get on stage I like to run around but it's funny because you mentioned that the shoegazing thing but that's kind of a, a, a standard a staple of like the grunge quote unquote era from Seattle and you're from Seattle sure. and you kind of came up in that scene is that kind of uh was that true, or, or or is that kind of just a cliche? I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe it, it might be a little bit of a cliche because growing up and seeing all those bands, it never felt like that. Mm-hmm. To me. I remember going to see Soundgarden, uh, the first show Ben Shepherd played with them after Hero left. They played Bumbershoot, and Ben came out in an army helmet and was prancing around like a soldier and kick like people were stage diving and he's kicking them. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, Chris had a lot of duties, you know, a lot of singing because in Soundgarden songs, there's a lot of not a. A, not a lot of uh, dead time so as a singer and you're playing guitar you can't run around unless you have on like a kip winger headset or something like that <laughs> so you know that's just one example but ben was just a madman and like and i remember seeing you know playing with and seeing nirvana there was no shoegazing going on at all like kurt you're was, right kurt was crazy and um and grohl's always nuts behind the kit yeah and, yeah, and alice you know like jerry and, and lane i mean those guys were monsters i mean on the Lollapalooza tour that Alice did, they had that huge net up in the front. I remember Lane would crawl up that net. So I, I don't remember ever feeling like that. There was always a manic energy with those Some bands. Action, it, yeah. You know, it wasn't your classic Iron Maiden kind of stuff. You know, it was it was it was a whole new thing, and um, it, and um, the crowd was as much of a part of it as the bands were. It's like like when you would go to shows, it was a thing. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like. Um, and not only that, the crowd was much a part of it, but you would go to a Nirvana show or a Soundgarden show or Mudhoney, and all the guys from those other bands would be in the pit also. Mm-hmm. Hanging out, right? Diving. Or, you know, I mean, it was just, it was a, it was an event, and it was a... It seemed like there was a real, like, uh, a camaraderie amongst the, that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, like I think in L.A., we were watching Decline of the Western Civilization, the metal years last night for a bit, and there was so many bands, but... It was like a lot of competition between band and band and band and band. Whereas mm-hmm. the the Seattle scene, everybody was kind of friends with everybody else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and everyone supported everybody else. At least that's the way it kind of seems when you look at the the, the lineage. Yeah, I, I it was like that, and um, and it still is. And I came from a, a town forty five minutes south of it. So by the time I came in and started seeing those bands. It was me and my uh, my one buddy Steve. We would st- we got flyers. We would start going to shows. We got a flyer to see Mother Love Bone, Alice in Chains, Black is Black, and Tramp Alley at on Halloween at the Kent Skate King in 1987. <laughs> Still have the flyer. And uh, I remember me and him walked in. We didn't know anybody else, but we immediately knew like, wow, this is a whole crowd of like this is us. Mm-hmm. And it was so easy to make friends. Dudes, chicks didn't matter. Like, and, and you'd get a flyer that show. You go to the next show. You'd start seeing these bands. And that's how I got into a band, and that's you know instantly I'm like this is I got to be a part of this somehow. Yeah, like you know. But I lived south, so there was a little bit of a disconnect back then because the old guard is what maybe what I call them those you know like the Soundgarden and all these guys, 
they're maybe just a, a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I jumped in the scene and, and me and Chris Cornell were, you know, um, leg wrestling like, <laughs> or something, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, over the years, I guess, um, and just being around, I did meet all those guys. And, and, and there was a, a sense of camaraderie of mm-hmm. all those guys. And they really looked out for each other. And Tell us about the first gig, or not the first gig that you played, but you played right. a show with Nirvana on their first gig. Yeah. Um, so I joined this band on a, on a Tuesday, if I remember correctly. And the band didn't even know I was showing up. I met the drummer outside of a strip club. The night before, and he was wasted, and he's like, "Yeah, we need a bass player. Bring your gear down." He didn't remember, so I showed up with my gear the next night, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm here," and they had no idea. Like, what? Okay, cool. Yeah. But instantly, I was in the band. Like, I, I just played the song gear, and yeah, exactly. And the drummer's mom um, booked this club called Legends in Tacoma, and uh, she came in that night. Or she was a wonderful person, Mary, and um, she's like, "Do you guys want to play a show Friday night?" We're like, "Yeah, all right, great." She's like. Like we don't have songs. It's like, well, you just got to play twenty minutes, and we we played a Dead Kennedys cover, and we <laughs> and we wrote minutes. and we wrote four songs. Um, what were they? Twenty One Bimbos, Spider Soup. Oh God, I can't remember the other two songs. Um, but it was with Nirvana and the Melvins and this band called The Machine at Legends on Friday, and uh, it was on the Bleach tour, and uh, I had never even heard Nirvana. So, so so it was your band's first gig opening for Nirvana. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, it was a big deal. Um, and you hadn't even heard of them, you said? No, we went out and bought the record um, and uh, listened to them. And we put, our singer put it on. The first song's Dive. It's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. I remember him walking over the record player and turning up the speed on the record to make it sound. And as soon as the vocals came in, we're like, what the hell's going on? Oh, my God. And, uh, but it was an amazing experience. The crowd hated us. Because um, we kind of were like a, a punkier weird chains addiction funky thing didn't mm-hmm. match the bands you know i mean we're out here we play every night and there's local openers all the time yeah and sometimes it's really weird yes that was me uh, you know at that show and um but we played a dead kennedy's punk rock cover at the end and the crowd got it and um but did you get a chance to to, to see nirvana did you meet any of those guys that I night didn't meet them but um but i watched them and um really cool thing happened at the beginning of the shows back then there's no barricade mm-hmm. I mean sometimes we play and there's no barricade but this yeah. show was one of those things about 1200 people there so people were pushed right up against the front Nirvana went into the first note and 100 people were on stage stage diving I mean that's the, that's how it was back that was then. the vibe yeah so uh, Kurt stopped playing I'm like oh my god what the fuck is he gonna get freak out with mm-hmm. he, he's talking to Chris and they're like what the fuck and they kind of put their guitars down and they go down and grab the monitors and pull them about 10 feet back to the drum riser mm-hmm. so they're just standing right up against the drum riser and they just let the crowd stage dive the whole show wow you couldn't even see the band oh, and it was cool. just like I'm like this is incredible yeah it was you know and um, it was just it was just it was a life changing moment that's really really cool man yeah. and, and, you know you, you it's one of those things where you just never know you can guess okay this band is going to be huge but to, th- to think they're going to totally change yeah. you know society even yeah. you know paul stanley said that um he said good bands or great bands sell albums uh, iconic bands change culture or something on those lines and that's exactly what happened that's absolutely you know? correct I, I would have never probably ge- i would have never guessed it that night mm-hmm. um never mind hadn't come out you know they're still on the bleach tour but i was at that show at the okay hotel 
when Nirvana played Smells Like Teen Spirit for the very first time. Oh, wow. And uh, it, was, it was this cool venue that was right underneath the viaduct in Seattle, and it was a big deal. And it was uh, Grohl's first local show with them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they played that song that night. And I remember that because I knew that all their songs so well. I'm like, what is this song? And I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. And now you see footage and you hear stories back that. And he didn't even have the lyrics done. He's really <laughs> just mumbling. Yeah. But it was just that night. I'm like, okay, something's different here. And then when you heard the record, when I remember hearing um, Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio for the first time, I'm like, oh, well, I get that. Man. Right. That's, you know. Well, you know, talking about iconic bands, I mean, another iconic band is, is Guns N' Roses, and obviously you spent years and years and years playing in Loaded with mm-hmm. Duff McKagan, mm-hmm. who, um, this must have been kind of funny, because you play bass in a band with the iconic bass player from yeah. Guns N' Roses who switched over to guitar. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting, I mean, he called me. Because you're kind of like, you're really well known in the Seattle scene, and Duff is also from Seattle. Sure. I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm well known just because I've never went away, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah. uh, like he, you know, Duff, cool dude. Um, he got sober. He moved back to Seattle, raised his kids, and went back to school. But he would still go to shows. Mm-hmm. Not only would he go to shows, but he would stand right up front. Right. You know, he's not afraid. I mean, like that's yeah. part of him. So he would see our band play. Me and Mike Squires and Mike Squires. So Duff decided he wanted to make a record anyway because he was just at home. So he wrote these songs and he'd get different guys to come in and play on the record, right. not knowing what he was going to do with this. So Mike Squire is a guitar player from Loaded who was also in this band called Alien Crime Syndicate with me at the time. So Mike went in to record a couple of guitar solos and I guess Duff um, had got an offer from this promoter in Japan saying, hey, can you guys come over and play some of these shows? But Duff didn't have a band. So Mike said, hey, you need to call Rouse. And so all of a sudden my phone rings like, Rouse. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's Duff. I'll go, hey, what's going on? explains he's like uh, why, don't you, why don't you come down on friday or whatever day it was and um and um let's check it out and see if it works and i my wife at the time had this beach house her family has beach house in oregon and i'm like i got to so me and her went to, like at the beginning of the week i went down there for three days i'm like i was so stressed i'm like fuck i gotta play bass with that <laughs> yeah. so i remember because he's got such a he's got such a distinct sound Absolutely. i mean he's a great bass player incredible bass yeah. player um so I took it real seriously, just as, you know, I, I pretty much do anything. And I got a set list, and I went down. I got a set list from the drummer, not asking Duff. So when I showed up at rehearsal, Duff's like, well, what'd you learn? I'm like, well, let's just play the set. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, okay. So we played the set. and um, Was there any GNR tunes in that set? No. Okay. At that point, we're not doing any gun right. songs or anything. Just all um, songs and a couple covers. Like, mm-hmm. I think we did I Want to Be Your Iggy Pop song. I Want to Be, yeah, your, be dog. your Dog. Yeah. And at the end of the thing, he's like, great. And I, from that moment on, he never, ever once said one thing about my bass playing. Oh, really? Ever. Even when you did some gun songs? I remember when we played in Australia. I think you did, you did It's So Easy. We did It's So Easy and You're Crazy. You're I think crazy, we different right? singers up. But when we do those songs, as time progressed, I remember the first couple times we rehearsed them, I played bass, he played guitar. And I remember looking at him going, like, why are we doing this? I play guitar and you play bass. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's and so we, whenever oh so you switch over I play guitar and would sing um, the axle parts of those songs and Duff would play bass because it just made sense yes and there's just nothing like his pocket even when I I grew up playing those songs I learned them when, I mean when Appetite came out it was a huge part of my yeah. existence but why would you ever do that if you're in a band <laughs> you know what I mean it makes no sense yeah so um, yeah it's it, it's a you guys did a lot of great tours together, man. I mean, that's one thing about Loaded. I think a lot of it is, is probably a lot of doors open, much like Hell Yeah, because, okay, Vinny's in the band, so we'll sure. check it out. Duff's in the, it's Duff's band. But then the band is actually really good. The songs are great. You guys are great. Yeah. You got a lot of big tours with, with Loaded. Yeah, I mean, those doors, I mean, that's, 
I was blessed to be able to do that. You know, um, definitely. You know, having Duff in the band opens that door. Mm-hmm. But you still have to stand on your sure. Feet, well, that you just know? opens the door. Yeah. So, um, so that was you know we were always really cognizant of that. I know? remember w- one tour in particular. It was Alice Cooper, and he was going out with Ugly Kid Joe. This is just a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and we got a call about we were up for the tour. And it came down to we didn't get it because they gave it to Loaded. Yeah, you guys got right. it. And we were like, that was, oh, that was a Loaded. Oh. That was a fun tour. That was a weird tour, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that Alice, you know, he does this whole uh, Halloween extravaganza through the UK every year, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't remember. Yeah, it was around Halloween, yeah. And, uh, you know, Alice's crowd is kids from eight years old to, you know, in their 60s. Yeah. And they like to sit down. It was one of those kind of tours where you really had to bust your ass to get people on their feet. To get them into it. I mean, hard. You really had to, like, get the fuck up. Yeah. And um, it's weird, too, because I find, like, if you play in front of older bands, uh, their their fan base is pretty much locked in the stone as to what they like and don't like. And and to to accept new music is very hard. I mean, we did a lot of shows with Anthrax, and we always did good, but you can see a lot of people, like, these people will never buy a Fozzie record. No matter how heavy or fast or crazy it is, they just have, this is my list of bands for life, and this is where I'm going to stay. And I guess I kind of understand that. Being, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a band I would go see that. But I, I understand that. It's just really frustrating. Yeah, of course, stage. when you're on stage doing but it. But that's why you do it. Yeah. You know, you can't just back down. Right. You get in their face. You know, I'll run out in the crowd and sit in some old lady's lap if I have to, you know. <laughs> but um, it was, what you know, but that's funny. that I didn't know you guys were up for that tour. Yeah, we were. I, even to the point where we talked about it. I knew the dates, everything. And then there's something I think that maybe I mean, I'm sure Alice and Duff were friends sure, or maybe sure. the same booking age or whatever, yeah. and then we kind of just lost it. But we had hooked the fish for a bit, and yeah. then it just kind of it's some rock away. and roll funny. It's, yeah, it's isn't big, it, man? It's a big fish bowl, you know. And then that's funny because, like we mentioned, we we we, we saw you guys in at Soundwave a couple years ago. We played that one show in Melbourne, Fozzy and Loaded, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's how I think you you and Rich I think yeah. hung out quite a bit well, around that time. You know, those that's what's so great about. Those, I mean, that's a, a unique festival tour because you know you've done all you guys. Fozzie has done the, the European circuit and all yeah. that stuff. But Soundwave thing is a unique thing because all the bands travel together, mm-hmm. same shuttles, same hotels, right? Same airplanes because there's no buses in Australia. No. All flights from city to city. Yeah, and um, I would, I would, I like to go to the gym in the morning and and uh, and stuff like that. And every morning, the first couple of days, I'd see Rich, and it was the third, fourth, third, fourth day. We're like. We're starting to give the nods like in the mm. morning yeah, yeah you know then we start talking a little bit and, uh, which is funny because rich is not a very sociable guy he just looks at his at the, he shoegazes quite a bit sure, sure. you know i get it i mean you know i mean touring's a, a unique thing and you you really find your way of existing sure exactly and um and uh i respect that you know anybody's space but um when you start and like that sound wave thing you have no choice but to see each other a lot and then you know it's just those walls kind of break down you're like okay you're, you're yeah. cool and um I remember I come over and watch you guys, and a couple times that we were playing, I remember like looking over and there's Rich standing right there. And mm-hmm. by the end of the tour, we're like, "Hey man, we should keep in touch." You know, if anything, and I remember telling him, "I'm like, if anything comes up or anything, give me a call." Cause, really? Like, I'm busy all the time. Oh, that's cool. That's how that kind of happened. Oh no way! I so, didn't know that. Um, and I sent him. I think I remember um, sent him a couple messages on on whatever on Facebook or something, or maybe it was, and it wasn't him. Somebody because Scott takes yeah, care Scott of that. Dixon, Scott, yeah. Scott's like, "Oh no, this isn't." But I'll send the message, and then I. Um, and then just down the line, I think at one point I got a call from him. He's like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And um, things didn't work out. I, I remember what the situation was. But then a few weeks later, I got another call. It's like, hey, 
no, but really, like with Fozzie, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. you guys, and I'm like, it was like again, it was like a Tuesday. It's like, can you be in Atlanta on Friday? You know the set. You know, yeah. are we going to rehearse? No, we're going to. No, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to go play the Carolina Rebellion. Yeah, twenty thousand people. Yeah. and that I'm was like, your first gig. It was our first, never rehearsing. Wow, that's right. I think remember. I think maybe you guys were in the hotel room or something, going over it. Or did you oh, even do that? Did we rehearsed the day before for a second. A little bit, maybe. Yeah, it was just really. I remember it. It was a, a pretty big first gig. Yeah, I remember sitting on the bus before the gig and 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 um, going up to Frank and like, oh, by the way, how do you count in these songs? Like, I had there's certain things <laughs> yeah, as a yeah, band. Of course, it's like right. Oh. It's like no, don't worry, I'll give you four. And oh, oh, thank God. Well, I mean, you got thrown into the fire, and like I said, when 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 we had the the, the opening came up, you were the only guy. It's like we got to get Rouse. That's cool. We got to get Rouse. And now you know it's funny. Everything works out for a reason. And and and. You being in this band has made us a way better band, and I'm so happy that that you came Thanks. and started Thank playing you. with us. And, and it's sometimes you know things happen for a reason. The reason that the other situation went down with our old bass players, so we could get you yeah. and become a better band, better on stage. Well, playing this music has made me a better bass player. Also, I mean that's the great thing about music. And, and most people out there, I don't know if anybody's listening that wonders about music, you should always challenge yourself. Never get stuck in. I mean, this is different music than. Loaded is sure and, and other stuff that I write for myself or whatever it is. Yeah, you got the guessing game, which sure. is a great band. You, sure. you can check that out on iTunes. Um, but I guess my point is, is like just because I hadn't played it, like I mean, you guys play mean riffs. Rich writes and the drumming is. I mean, Frank's drumming's crazy good, rhythmically and yeah, in it's the pocket. Just, it's, and groove. it's big and it's and it's fast and there's stuff. I mean, there's layers and um and um you know especially not being able to rehearse with the band a bunch. It's challenging and mm. it's a little terrifying as a musician you're like you know is this going to work for me right. is this going to work for them am i going to work for them mm-hmm. you don't know and um and um you know it's just one of those but things. you've locked it all in now you singing wise too you're a great yeah, singer yeah, too which yeah. is which helps for us because we have so many harmonies and so many backing vocals uh-huh. and stuff too so so there's that fine balance it's, it's it's a it's a dance yeah when you mention uh the fozzy songs are, are like uh, hard to play what what's the hardest fozzy tune that, you, that we play in the set and what's your favorite one to play it's a good question Oh God! What is the hardest one? Well, there's still a part of Sin and Bones. There's a better debate, debate, debate. Rich writes these string skipping things, and yeah, it's very difficult on bass to do because it's just really hard. Like like Bad Tattoo, for example. Exactly, he does it. There's a down few. Yes, yes, that kind of the string skipping stuff. There's three or four songs that you guys do that it's still no matter what. Every night I really have to focus on. Right now, Bad Tattoo is my favorite, my, is my favorite song to play. Yeah. Um, but like I said, those challenging songs have always been my favorite ones to play because mm-hmm. when it gets to those moments, I know, what is the, oh, what's the one we're not playing in? in um, Tonight? No, we're not. No, it's one we played. Martyr on, No More or yeah, it's Died With You. It's one we played on the last tour. We're not playing it on the tour because it's tuned down really super low. Oh, Shine Forever. Yeah. yeah. That song is really difficult. This song is very difficult to play. Paul, Polly is... An amazing bass. Oh yeah, he sure is. Yeah, and um, because you got to play his bass lines. Yeah, right. Because Rich doesn't write the bass lines. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's. I mean, you and those bass. I mean, like most songs, each instrument. I mean, that's part of this. I mean, I can't. There's. You yeah. take a little bit of liberty. Right. You can add your personality into it, but generally, I mean, you got to stick to it. And uh, yeah, shine forever. That's a motherfucker. <laughs> that song. <laughs> um, because also, Paulie, I don't play five string basses. And he did. Yeah. Paulie did. And so what I would do, I, I tune my lowest string down accordingly. But that makes the other strings, it makes some of these spacings and stuff really difficult. Anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah, some difficult stuff. But um, 
Bad Tattoo is definitely my, my favorite right now. Well, yeah. it's great It's great to dance with you, dude, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm really glad that you're in the band. And it's really great to have you. Thanks, brother. And uh, especially when I have to put up with Frank all the time, you're a, a fun guy to hang out with, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kill it tonight, baby. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Jeff for giving us some great insight. Love the Nirvana story. Love the uh, the Loaded stories. And cool that Bad Tattoo is his favorite song by Fozzie. It's one of my favorites as well. So uh, why don't we listen to it right now from the new Fozzie record by request from Mr. Jeff Rouse. This is Bad Tattoo right here on TIJ.
longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. Okay, we're hanging out here in Frankfurt, Germany. I got uh, two of the hottest young upstarts <laughs> in, the, in the WWE today, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. And uh, it's funny to, to have you guys here because I've been watching you guys talk to each other and it's making me laugh. Like, really funny. Yeah. It's like you guys have been friends your whole life. Uh, how long have you known each other for? It, it certainly feels like that, Chris. But we, we've known us each other. Well. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> like we've known each other. partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long have we known each other? Uh, I think we met in 06 in Europe. Really? Yeah. That long ago? Yeah, so what is that, eight years? Yeah, yeah. Sammy Nine likes years. to accredit himself with breaking me into the business. Well, that's uh, only when <laughs> when he'll sometimes make fun of me, I have to throw something back at him. And I'm not as good. Like, he's really good at making fun of people, and I'm not as good. Uh, I can't believe that, though. I mean, you're, 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 you are more the nice guy. Yeah, time. I... Well, well I don't, I, I'm not sure what that means about me. I don't think I'm necessarily... I mean, uh, he's just met us, and he's observed it, so I mean, oh. I think... You know, I, just, I think I you're like, onto something there. I just gotta, uh, like, you know, you always meet, you know, the new guys and the young guys, and I know you guys have been around, which I always appreciate because I came into business the same way of kind of traveling yep. around the world. Yeah. And, uh, but it's always fun to see new guys come in, and you're really comfortable here uh. in the WWE, which is good. <laughs> I mean, ten years ago it wouldn't have been as good, right? And you were saying that the other day, and and I agree. And actually, it's funny because I read your book, and I mm -hmm. mentioned this briefly to you the other day, but when I read your book, and you're talking about. Uh, just making these bad first impressions or like, you know, maybe getting misunderstood. Yeah. I related to that a lot because uh, I guess I didn't even realize it until a few years ago, but um, I've had a tendency to, uh, <laughs> when I, you know, show up somewhere new in my career, like a new locker room, maybe sometimes uh, <laughs> say the wrong, you thing. know, I just, I feel comfortable. I do. And maybe right. too comfortable sometimes. And uh, certainly that wouldn't have like, that wouldn't fly here the, ten years ago. Business you know? has changed. Yeah, you know? and yeah, the thing is too is like you know so many of the guys right. up here now on the main roster. Maybe it's from being in NXT together, <clears> or from being on the world together. So, like I was thinking the other day, like besides, for example, there's Kane, there's Goldust, and there's me from yeah. like Attitude Era, quote unquote. And yeah. other than that, like even on this tour, there's no real Cena or Orton or Kofi <clears> or those type of guys. It's mostly. The Sammys and the Adrians and the Usos and Dean yeah. and Ambrose. Yeah, I, think, I think the landscape is really changing, and mm. a lot of you know a lot of the guys who are on the main roster now we've we met over the years, you know, all across the world from Japan to the Indies in America mm. to Europe. So it's uh, it's kind of really cool for us. It certainly uh, made kind of arriving here a lot easier. Right, in settling in, um, I think that's part partly why we feel so comfortable. Yeah. Right, because so, you know of everybody, right? Ex exactly, yeah. So who who did you work with kind of in other in these other territories and other countries that's on the roster now? Uh Seth, um, Dean. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> Luke Harper was around. I met him probably around the same time, oh six. Mm -hmm. Um Cesaro, obviously. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, yeah. right. There's there's a lot of guys. I don't know. Um were you guys together like was it Ring of Honor that you were in or was it uh I was in Ring of Honor for a while. Yeah. He was uh We'd kind of touch bases. We yeah. did like I was uh, very much based in Japan for a long time mm -hmm. with a group called Dragon Gate, and okay. I actually spent pretty much five years 
full time out there mm-hmm. uh, because that was very like that was what I wanted to do. That was an aspiration of mine. I always grew up, you know, uh, loving that style. Okay. So, so um, I made that choice, but we'd always kind of touch bases. We yeah. do a uh, pro wrestling grill out in California. <clears> bunch. <throat> I did a few Ring of Honor shots um, in Europe a lot. We'd we kind of see each other. I mean, you know how it is. The same way, like you just bump into people yeah, all sure. along. You know what I mean? You all along the road. This guy, and then you go over here with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned you worked a lot in Japan, and that was your goal when you were uh, when you were growing up. So I, I was the same when I first started. I always wanted. That's why I started with the name Lionheart. Yeah. Because I wanted the name of an animal. Because all my favorite guys in New Japan had animal names. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Black Tiger and Wild Pegasus and Liger and Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. You know, Flying Scorpio. Who, who was it that you were watching when that you that you wanted to go to Japan? This, you know? um, well, I remember. Um, I, obviously, I've been a wrestling fan from a young, young age. Um, but it wasn't until I was about, I think, maybe twelve or thirteen, one of my buddies gave me a tape of uh, you know the, the first J Cup in '94. Right. Mm, and classic, and yeah. I remember I knew nothing about kind of wrestling outside of WWE back then. Mm-hmm. So it completely blew my mind, and I saw uh-huh. guys, you know, like Pegasus. Like yeah, guys sure. like Sasuke, Liger, mm-hmm. and the, the way they were kind of wrestling, it just kind of appealed to me. And mm. um, ever since then, it's kind of been my main interest as far as in the whole business has been that style, that junior style. Sure, right. Like, you, yourself included, you know, kind of popularized during the mid '90s and hard, hard hitting, but some acrobatic uh, exactly. elements to it as well. And the you know the technique, it's all about technique. You know, mm-hmm. the, not only the high flying, but on the mat, and it just. It looked very real to me, and mm-hmm. um, it was very cool. And uh, yeah, ever since seeing that first Jacob, I've kind of been hooked. Now, did you work in Japan? I did. We worked together in Japan, Dragon Gate, for a few years. But I also worked for other uh, another company out there that uh, called DDT, mm-hmm. and they're a little more off the wall. And actually, I felt that that was a bit later in my career, shortly before I signed here. And uh, I loved working there so so much. In beca- DDT. Yeah, because the thing about that is, I felt it really tested me as a professional mm-hmm. in the sense of like one night, uh, you know, you might be wrestling a blow up doll, and then the next night you might be doing like a main event at Corican Hall, <laughs> and then the next night, you know, I'm wrestling the boss in like this false count anywhere match, and uh, you know, one one time I wrestled in literally a ca- like a campsite, no, no no ring, just throughout the campsite. Yeah, and all the- and it was raining that day, so it was just mud everywhere, and. All the, was it like a holiday campsite or something? No, DDT is famous for these uh, like camp shows. It? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, it's great. It's <laughs> so I just felt uh, you know, or I wrestle like Dan Dino, Dino, who um, he does like a very over the top gay gimmick. So like you're next thing you know, you're like dancing and <laughs> you're doing like a dance <laughs> number in the middle of the ring. Like it just tested all these aspects of your. Uh, you know your your range. Uh-huh. So I really appreciated that. But um, did you really work a blow up doll? Uh, I only maybe worked a spot with the blow up doll, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I only worked a spot. We, <laughs> well, like, you please explain what are you talking about? Um, did, what did I even do with the doll? Well, well, first of all, why is there a match with the blow up? The, doll? the blow up doll was the champion at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a thing out there. You need you need to check out the match Kenny Omega had with the doll. And oh, yeah. Ibushi, Ibushi as well. Yeah, yeah, those were like genuinely very good matches. It, Ibushi, and this doll. is where I credit him to being an unbelievable wrestler. I watched this match, and it was he structured it in the sense of like this five star masterpiece, like epic battle. And by the <laughs> end of it's about twenty five minutes long, so he went twenty five minutes with a doll. Think about that. Oh my god! By itself. Yeah. Yep. But the thing that I think is unbelievable is by the end of the match, you forget it's a doll. It, like really? you're actually like engrossed in the <laughs> the big near falls and stuff. It's amazing. It's the old standard like oh so and so can wrestle Bruce thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a match with a blow up doll. Let's yeah, Yoshihiko yeah. was her name. Oh, her she actually had yeah. A name. So she was the champion for a while. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm sure, I think it was well, the doll her. was the yeah. champion. 
it beat. I'm pretty sure it went over on Ibushi in that match. <laughs> and the, yeah. What kind of crowds are they drawing for this? Uh, they do okay. They're like a smaller indie with a cult following, but they do okay. Like uh, their big show once a year is in Budokan or or uh, Sumo Hall or whatever. So uh, that's I, not bad. I got to wrestle Budokan, which is cool for me as a yeah. like you know music fan. Yeah, uh, cheap trick. Yeah, cheap trick. Live at Budokan, <laughs> Bob trick. Dylan. Like Aussie. I, yeah. I actually saw. Uh, Brian Adams out there. Really? Yeah, just happenstance. I was out there and nice uh, word. yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, Brian Adams happened to be playing, so we went and got, went to see him at, at Budokan. Yeah, it was pretty. He's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's. I think we were talking about it the other day, like uh, Tom Petty. The sense, right? Of, yeah, yeah. You know how you don't even realize it, but you'd know like thirty how of his songs, songs. He has Brian Adams the same way. I was like, oh man, oh he's, yeah. He's like There's the another. Can- he's just churning yeah. them out. He's like the Canadian. Springsteen or Tom Petty, Kinda. so many tunes, just a normal guy. Yeah, I, I always used to love that. Like I spent a lot of time in Japan too, and if I ever had a couple nights off, see who's in town, and then yeah. go watch them. And watching concerts in Japan is the same as having matches there. Yeah, people don't do anything; they just <laughs> yeah. kind of sit there quietly. Song ends, and there'll be a polite applause, and then they just kind of sit there while the band talks. Yeah. Them. <laughs> like, I was uh, really singing along. I don't know what it was. Maybe like. You know, somebody. Uh, I need yeah, yeah. Somebody. So and then I look around. I realize no one's singing. So Don't like, sing. Yeah, I just felt. You know, felt like this I was in- is not poor, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I felt like I was being a burden to those around me, so I stopped. No, uh, you mentioned Kenny Omega. I saw him have a, a match against a, a little kid. Awesome. Yeah. Was that in DDT also? Uh, Actually, I think that was for a company called uh, Ice Ribbon. He's just Ice a, Ribbon. Yeah, that's a women's company, and uh, it's small as well. But he's. Uh, he's just—he's a really cool guy, and he just debuted with uh, New Japan in the Bullet Club. So I'm, oh, I'm good look, for him. It's look, weird because he's from Winnipeg. Yeah, and I've never met him. Like you know, I'm from Winnipeg too. Right, it's such a small town. Yeah. yeah. Like, not that, not that, but the fact he came from there, I've never crossed paths. Yeah, him. well, hopefully. But it's a, it, it's a great match, though, if you see, if you can YouTube it, of him working. I think she was a nine year old girl or something. Yep. Or, yeah. Like, I don't even Haruka. know how that came about, but it was really good. Unbelievable. She, she's, was she the owner's daughter or something? Like that? No, I think she was just some kid. <laughs> she was, I think they were going to train her to be a wrestler. Uh, All right. But man, what a pro because that match is just, uh, and it's got over well over a million views. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's really good. Like, it, it made headlines in, in newspapers. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it funny too. Like, controversy. Like, he, like, he, he chops her or something or pushes her down. It's like, boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. You, you know? So how long have you guys been uh, kind of flirting with the, with the roster, the main roster up here? Um, I want to say maybe six months or so. You you never quite know mm-hmm. uh, when they're going to pull the trigger, so to speak, so you always kind of stay ready. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot more intense, I'd say, the last three or four months. But, but yeah. I, I mean, I first brought they first brought me up to do a loop I, a little over a year ago. And it's cool because the, I, I, the very first WWE show I'd ever done was actually in Montreal, which is my hometown. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I That's wrestled cool. Cesaro, who's all, obviously one of my best opponents. Uh-huh. Um, it was like the first time my mom and my dad saw me, so it was like pretty cool, like you in know? Like the Bell Center or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like I never, I never brought them out to like the uh, <laughs> Chevalier Colombe in Valley Field or whatever, where where I was starting. You know what I mean? So, so it was cool for them to finally see me wrestle on on, on a pretty big stage. But so that was September of uh, what twelve or thirteen? Uh-huh. So and then did a couple of loops. Did a couple of. It's weird because I haven't done a whole lot of uh, domestic stuff mm-hmm. like in the states but i've been on all kinds of tours overseas oh, it's very bizarre yeah 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 and you just had a hometown show the other day in newcastle i did yeah was newcastle your family there to see you yep yep uh, i had 20 tickets my family's you know my mom <laughs> 
and my dad, man, these my uncles, my cousins. It was it was unbelievable. That's the first time they get to see you in the. Well, big it was leagues. actually the second time we. I, for the, I did Newcastle for the first time back in May. The, oh, this okay. Year. Okay. So this has been my second European tour, mm-hmm. and my second time home. So obviously the first time is uh, you know that's it's very sure. very surreal. But the, I mean. This week has been incredible as well. It's been just a just a great experience, and it's always you know that's the arena that I grew up watching wrestling. It's the Did you used to go to shows there. Yep, yep. Yeah. I went to. Uh, I remember going to WCW show back at that arena. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, definitely had a place in my heart, and then to be able to perform there, it's been. Uh, and then you got to go do a bunch of media too. I remember you were telling me you went to your football home football. Yep, club. yep. That was uh, yeah, that was crazy. I what went was to the team. I'm, I'm a big. Uh, so I'm from Newcastle, so I'm a Geordie. So obviously I'm a big Newcastle United Football Club fan. <laughs> so uh, we actually went to the stadium. We didn't expect to get inside, but um, it turns out they, they were aware of who I was. So they, mm. they let us in. They gave us the full VIP tour. They gave me a personalized shirt and everything. That's great. And uh, uh, they actually interviewed me for the match day program, which is you know, a huge deal. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been really quite a surreal week. And uh, you know, it's, always, it's always unbelievable to come home. Because you don't get to see... I don't get to see my family too often right. with, with the schedule we have. So not only was it great to see them, but to be able to perform in, in that arena in front of mm-hmm. you know the hometown. How long have you been living in the States for? Um, I moved to Tampa initially in October 2012. So it's okay. a little bit over two years now. Um, I was in Tampa for about a year, and then we moved down the road to Orlando for the performance mm-hmm. right, center. Right. And I've been living there ever since. And you started out, your name was Pac, right? Yep. What does that mean? <laughs> Uh, that's a funny story. That's uh, it's kind of a stupid nickname um, I got from my dad because uh, we we always you know you play a fight with your dad and I I'm feel a little bit embarrassed in this but I, <laughs> but I, as a kid I always used to have like a abs like a six pack even my, as a, as a kid. yeah it's, it's weird I don't know what it is genetics I, I had them too it's just skinny kid abs it's not it's not you weren't in shape yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not yeah, yeah. I'm not boasting I'm not boasting I'm just telling you how it was I had them too right. uh, so. So whenever I was play fighting with my dad, he'd always, you know, poke funny, be like, come on, six-pack, show me a six-pack. Okay. So it c- kind of became this silly nickname. And then um, when I started training, they asked me for, for, for an indie name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really have any ideas, and I, I brainstormed that I couldn't really think of anything. So originally I was going to go with six-pack, but obviously, you know. That was taken. Exactly. Yeah. So we ended up shortening it to pack, and it was always uh, only meant to be kind of a, temporary thing but then it kind of it's one of those names that kind of it just stuck yeah and uh yeah i've, I've kind of been i was known for pack for yeah eight, you were just pack no last name or no first name like bono no, yeah. No. yeah exactly pack yeah and yeah. i didn't know if it was pack or pack i didn't know how to pronounce it i thought it was was that lame I don't it's know. a conversation piece right there though. like <laughs> is it pack or is it pack I, I feel it gets you talking of, yeah, yeah it sounds weird at first but then it kind of grows it, it grew, sure, this is just your name yeah it grew on me definitely how did you Paku. in japan yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you uh decide on adrian neville well that's a funny story um yeah, you know the office asks you to come up with a bunch of names. And Is that I, how it works? They ask you. Yeah. They do, they do. So I, I give, um, I give a lot of suggestions, and I never actually pitched uh, Adrian, but I definitely pitched Neville because I was just looking through, kind you know, like everything I was interested in. And my favorite band is a group, a ska group, a punk ska group out of England called The Specials, mm-hmm. and they have a toaster in that band called Neville Staples. Mm. And I've always kind of, I thought Neville was kind of different. It was kind of British. And it, so I pitched Neville as mm. a name. And then uh, and then when I got, after I'd pitched that, when I got the final list, they gave me three choices. And uh, Adrian Neville was one of those three. And the three I got were 
terrible and Adrian was like at first I wasn't too keen on it um but compared to the others I, I remember one of them was Ripley Bishop <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine me being Ripley Bishop? I mean, I got a lot of slack for Adrian. It, Neville, it's actually it's, it, funny. I think in your book, you one of them, I think it's the first one where you talk about The Office um, gave you this list yes. of names for the lion tamer. Yes, for my finishing. Movie. Right. And it's, it's so funny because now we have kind of similar stories, but with the list of names. <laughs> like uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Steen, just signed and, and uh, he was texting me like the list of names they gave him. And there's some hilarious, like I was belly laughing yeah. reading it. They're, so they're Ripley Bishop. I don't know. Yeah. Like people actually get paid to think of these names. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like exactly. a soap opera name. They're just terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, so Adrian Neville was kind of the best of a bad bunch, so Better to speak. Than but Ripley Bishop. Absolutely. But, but it's kind of grown on me. I'm, you look I'm, like a Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, man. And then how did you end up with Sami Zayn? Because you were El Generico, right? Is that what? Is that? Well, people seem to think that. I don't know. There are a lot of parallels. Oh, Okay, but, right, right. So but the rumor was. The rumor was that, yeah. Um, I mean, I, we do have very similar builds and had a, an apparently very similar career path. But Got uh, you. you can't confirm or deny Yeah, that. exactly. But, but, but you, yeah. You but were there, working around these other territories around the same time. Yeah, it's, it's weird that we was. never directly crossed paths. Right, right, but, right. But, um, but, so, but anywho, it was definitely, uh, once I got there, I did have to. You just said anywho, by the way. It was awesome, by the way. You have the best. <laughs> we were using the other day. Willy nilly was one of them. What do you not, mean? Oh, is anywho not, not a common he's got expression? Not, really, not if you're like <laughs> under 60 years old and a, and a guy. Anywho, sounds like my, my Auntie Joan. Yeah, Sammy, Sammy is very old for his age. I don't know if you noticed, but he's very old for his age. He's talking about uh, the nuts and bolts the situation is. Don't go all willy nilly on me here. Not to mention his dress sense. He dresses like an old man as well, which has been common on several times. That by, actually by goes boys. back years and years, even like as a teenager. Oh, you actually do dress like an old man? Uh, I, so that, well, I don't realize that. Yeah, that's 100%. Right. Like, like my grandfather. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? Like, give me some examples. You know, like, old slacks this you got this old <laughs> cap this is this what is it like a miner's cap or something it looks like brian johnson's hat from ACDC. oh yeah, yeah 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 which tj stole tj uh T tyson kids stole your hat yeah yep but you didn't know that no they played a good little rib on me so tell us about the rib that just happened well, the other day so i wear this hat i bought this hat and uh only a couple of years ago but i think People like people have thought that I've had it my whole life. I don't know what it is about the hat. Like it's handed it, down for generations. It looks like, as as he said, it looks like an old man hat. And uh, you know, I, I've been wearing it all the time in pre tapes or backstage stuff. And so people just associate with me with with me with this hat. And so I put it down the other day. We're eating at the hotel after the show. And you know, like maybe I am a little old fashioned. When I sit down, I take to, to, you know to eat. I take off my coat. I take off my hat. You, you know? can't wear your hat at the table, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I put down the hat, and um, I don't know. So Cody uh, or you know Cody Rhodes tries on the hat. I go, wow, you know, you look real good in that hat. Let me. I took a picture. I'm like, look, look at that, you know. And I, he puts it down. And then I go, I don't know, to get some bread and butter or something. I don't know what. <laughs> and then I come back. The hat's gone. I go, huh, where's the hat? And I look around. I do misplace things a lot. So mm -hmm. I, I put it on myself at first. I'm like, no, wait. It was definitely on the table. And, you know, and so, okay, all right, here's, I'm getting ribbed. Okay, right. one of the boys grabbed it. It'll show up. No big deal. And then the next day, I guess, you know, word had spread that my hat was missing because I'd asked a few people, hey, did you grab the hat? You grab the hat. And it turned into a whole thing where <laughs> – because 
uh, you know, Sin Cara is actually a big practical joker. Uh-huh, and yeah. so, of course, I asked him. And then the rib, you know, exploded. Yeah. And I was being accused of being a racist yeah, because he was Mexican. Me Mexican right. yeah. Oh, of course you would accuse him. Yeah. No, it's because he's a joker, not because he's yeah. Mexican. <laughs> it's got to do with the race. Yeah. So, anywho, it turned into this whole thing. And then, finally, uh, I'm in the ring. We're doing a three-way match. Which again, it happened. I, I I almost called it a threesome. I don't know why I keep doing this. Every time I'm about to say about three way, we had a threesome match, a three way match, a threesome match <laughs> with uh, Neville and myself and Kid. And so I entered the ring first, and I'm sitting there, uh, and I'm watching Ty- you know Tyson do his entrance, and then he comes He's out got with his, his hood, hood. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because sometimes when other people are doing their entrance, I'm kind of like doing whatever with myself, but. This time I was really intent on his entrance because he wears these Beats headphones mm-hmm. in his entrance. And as he was on the top rope before he does the reveal of the hood, I remember thinking, hey, does he wear those Beats on the live events or just on TV? So I'm really curious to see if he's wearing these headphones. I'm really watching his entrance intently. And then he rips off the hood and there's my hat on his head. <laughs> and I, I flipped. Apparently everyone was watching. Everyone, everyone was, watching. was watching at the curtain. Everyone came downstairs from the dressing room. <laughs> To watch you on the monitor, yeah, to see and, what your reaction was, and I think I think my my legitimate reaction was, was the amazing. payoff, yeah, it which is yeah, you which fired was, up. And I yeah, it was like, a, it was like, a, like, a, like, a, like a, hey, you, you got my hat. You <laughs> yeah. weren't working it; it was real. <laughs> He's got my hat. You even went to the ref. He's got my hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the best real. is like, in the, if you're a fan, like, you don't know what's going no, on. Like, why going why on. is this guy angry at this guy? Yeah, the hat. Yeah. Like, why is he wearing this old man hat <laughs> yeah. to the ring? That's Tyson. The fans love the hat, though. They, maybe they, they, they do. They I, don't know if they, I don't know if they knew the history of the hat, but they definitely got behind it. Well, why wouldn't they know the history of the hat? <laughs> Everyone's talking about Zane's hat. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> well, I think it's just a very you know you look at that hat and you like whoever's wearing that hat. It's very <laughs> it's just a friendly it's a poli- hat. It's a polite, <laughs> it's a polite hat. Polite, yeah. friendly hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one, like no one hates old men. So that is, absolutely. And there you go too. What a great merch item. Actually, no hat. joke. I think they were talking about doing it, about doing the hat. <laughs> just, I'm not kidding. Which is funny because I don't come to the ring with it. I just it's only like a backstage thing or when I show up. You maybe maybe you'll start a new fashion movement. <laughs> Everyone it's, start dressing like grandfather. <laughs> it becomes the lowest selling merch item of all time, only beat by the, <laughs> by the Moppy shirt and the Steve Blackman shirt. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's let's give it a chance. Let's just give it a chance. So, how did you get the name Sami Zayn? Oh yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, it was it was something similar to, to Neville. Wherein actually, it's kind of funny because I put a bunch of names down. Uh, and I didn't know what I was going to be because I had kind of wrestled under a different name earlier. Mm. And then I didn't know, you know, what I was going to be or, you know, because I'm actually Arabic, but I'm mm. also a redhead, a French Canadian redheaded Arabic. And I look Irish. So I don't know what's what like what <laughs> venue, what avenue are we going to, you what know, what demographic are you appealing <laughs> exactly. to? Exactly. So I, I separated all these categories of names like, OK, if they want me to be an Arab, I'll be this. And if they want me to be like, you know, a Mexican or an Irishman or a French Canadian or whatever. So I separated into all these categories and then um they rejected a lot of everything. And so then, who is they? Like, who do you have to give it to? I think at the time it was uh, a guy called Matt Marlero, who's not with the company okay. anymore. Um, is he like the head writer? Or he was no, like, he's, he's sort of the liaison. He's in charge of uh, creative for NXT. Yeah, okay. he was the liaison between developmental and the gotcha. head office, I believe. Yeah. We're not really sure 100% what okay. he did, but I think yeah. it was something like that. So. And um, essentially, I, you know, I put a list of names. They all got rejected. Another list of names, they all got rejected. But something about Sami Zayn, like what I like about it, it's actually an Arabic name, and like an Arab will be Sami or Zayn. Sami, both. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I my 
I was almost legitimately named Sammy by my mom. So what is your name? My real name? Yeah. It's Rami. Ram, Rami? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I hear uh, uh, Wyatt calls you Rami. It's like R-A-M-Y? I. Rami. Okay, yeah. cool. So Sammy, Rami. It's one letter, you know, uh, yeah. one letter off. And um, so finally, you know, I, I've submitted all these names. I'm running out of ideas, but I liked Sammy's name because it was Arabic, but it's like undercover Arab. Like, it's not going to terrify Americans. Yeah, yeah. It's not versus like, you know, like Muhammad, Muhammad Abdulaziz or something. And like, <laughs> they don't want to cheer this guy. And then I come out. It's like a disconnect, you know, like they're expecting something insane. And then this white redheaded guy comes out. And so... Um, you know, I needed something kind of neutral, like kind of Arab, like undercover Arab sort of thing. So Sami Zayn's an Arab name. What's that? <laughs> undercover Arab is funny. <laughs> well, like, you know, yeah. kind of, you know what I totally, mean. Totally, yeah. Yeah. It's very, like you said, if you have that name, you're instantly a heel. Right. Like you or, have to. Or, yep. <laughs> you agreed a little too quickly with that one. Yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, the climate and all that. Yeah, the, you know, just, you know, being conscious of it. So, But Sami Zayn really stuck out to me. So finally, I, I remember... I saw Dusty Rhodes, who's also sort of the head of creative down there. And um, I was like, yeah, Dream, I don't know about these names. And he's like, well, which one do you like? And I look on the list. I'm like, I, I kind of like this one, Sami Zayn. He goes, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Mm, I like that. You tell them Dream said Sami Zayn. That's the name. And, and that was it. And, and it was. And it was. His, you know, when Dream says it, it happens. So that's how it happened. Dream kind of heard it. Mulled it over, gave the okay, and that was it. I became I wish Sammy my Zane. Was Dream? Yeah, I wish people called <laughs> I know, me what Dream. A cool like name. Dream yeah. says, Incredible Sammy nickname. Zane's the name. Was what was uh, uh, Do you remember any of the other names that were on there? Somehow, uh, I, in my, I, 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 I have a feeling that you remember all of the names that you came up with. But do you have I, one? Other I don't. One? But if I actually had my Canadian cell phone, which I don't have on me, um, I had the list on okay. there. I think uh, Hadar. Hadar was on was one. Hadar. Correct. <laughs> That's not, as, that's not as much of an undercover Arab name. That's more of a in your face. Is it? I think Hadar. Hadar, yeah. Not even a name? Well, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> that could also be like a Viking, too. Hadar, the horrible. Right, exactly. That's yeah. how- Hadar, it was funny because I had Sammy Hadar on there. And <laughs> that one's almost taken, too. Yeah, right. I can't drive 55, baby. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so that one, that one had, couldn't, you know, couldn't pass. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. Sitting here with Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. You can see them on WWE Network December 11th. The TakeOver Our Evolution live event presented by NXT. Things have been going really well for you guys at NXT, but the first time I ever saw you was when you had the four-way match. It was uh, you two guys and Tyson and Tyler Breeze. Right, yep. And was that the first main event pay-per-view because i guess it was technically no, a pay-per-view right or yeah, special yeah no that was actually the third one we did okay uh the first one was nxt arrival which was back what was that february february back in february right when the this, network yeah. first launched and was that who worked in that main event you guys uh, it, was, it was actually myself and a bo dallas we had a ladder match okay i wrestled cesaro on that okay one. yeah and that was that was critically acclaimed as well both yep. those matches but i specifically yeah. remember hearing about the Sami Zayn cesaro match yeah, it was a good one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was yeah. and he he wrestled uh, Bo and won the 
championship you're now there. Because the NXT champion right now. Yep, I am. Right. Yes, ever since that arrival was when I won. So that was the first special. First special. And then what was the second one? Second one was called Takeover. I wrestled uh, Tyson. Okay. Oh, right. Tyson Kidd. I wrestled Tyler Breeze. It was a number one contenders match that I lost. Oh, my goodness. So I have a good track record of losing at every single special, <laughs> which has kind of actually uh, led into this special where we're coming up. December 11th. Right, where we're wrestling each other for the championship. Yeah. Right. And uh, What's that one called? Our Evolution. Our it's It's an NXT TakeOver. Uh, like, they're all TakeOvers, the okay. way, like, in your house, you know? Right. But it's R yeah, as let, in letter R, yeah. Bracket evolution. evolution. So it's like revolution or R evolution. It's, I get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very clever. It took me a minute. So, <laughs> and so you guys are in the, in the main event, yep. working for the NXT title one on one at the NXT Takeover uh, R Evolution. Yes, yes. I mean, how is it for you guys? I mean, I know when you're working in the indies and working in Japan and all over the world, you probably work in like, you know, it's the, it's the big leagues and then you sign with the WWE yep. and then it's not like a demotion, but you're starting out in the, I don't even, it's not even, I guess a minor league or whatever it is. It's a reset button for sure. Yeah. yeah. How, how was that for you guys? Did you know you were going to be getting signed to NXT or were you thinking you're going to go right to the main roster? Um, we knew, uh, when I signed NXT was kind of really starting out and mm-hmm. especially the new uh, the new kind of rebooted NXT from Full Sail University in Orlando and we knew we knew the, the TV show and mm-hmm. um, it was very it was a challenge that I was looking forward to obviously mm-hmm. I knew that I'd have to adapt to how things work here you know it's, it's very different especially to, to what I was used to in Japan mm-hmm. and, and the company that I was uh, specifically drawing it the company that I worked for out there they had a very specific style which is kind of a mix of like Japanese and Mexican wrestling. So I knew, you know, it'd take some time to kind of acclimatize here. Mm-hmm. So I was very much prepared for it and, and excited, excited for the challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And you? Uh, yeah, I knew, I knew, I mean, I knew obviously like the way it is now. And it's funny because I actually use y- you guys and your generation, like, you know, the Benoit, mm-hmm. Malenko, Jericho, all those guys. Like, it's so funny because um, – even though if we ca- you come in today with a background like myself or, or like like mm-hmm. Neville, right. uh, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like you still have to hit that reset button. Whereas before with WCW, you'd already kind of honed your craft uh, around the world and you'd sort of made a name for yourself somewhere. And so when you came in, like you'd go straight to TV. But those days are just simply gone. Well, it's there was not like no that. real kind of anywhere else to go. WWE was just WWE. There was no farm system or you know developmental well, system. They, they had developmental. I think as early as '96 because I think Mark Henry and The Rock apparently were the first two to ever. Like, like in Memphis or something. Yeah, like that, right? yeah, they had real small time, but they weren't taking developed wrestlers yeah, they were and work- redeveloping them. Right, they were working in like Lawler's territory on on Vince's dime. Right, or like OVW later sure, on and right. everything else. But that was really about taking guys with like it was a farm system as in we're creating our own stars from the ground yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. not taking guys who are already established. So it, it is funny cuz we're like you know, I'm almost on my 13th year here, and it's like a thir- I'm a 13 year rookie. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really, really funny. Yeah. And how long have you been working for? Uh, I've been working 10. 10 yeah. Years. So, like you said, you guys got you know a blue chip of experience, but you're still the rookies. Yeah, the it's kids, really you know? it's funny sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah. which might go back to that comfort thing because like, uh, some, sometimes you know you're supposed to or I'm supposed to I feel like act like an I can't speak for other people but like sort of act like the new guy and the green boy and stuff, but. Same time, like I also feel like, yeah, I'm not. I don't feel that way. Like, you're <laughs> you know? not. Yeah, because I'm not, uh, kind of not. And you can tell, yeah, that, that, and then that's where the comfort really comes from because you have confidence in who you are because you've been doing this for a long time. Maybe you, you know yeah. how to maneuver yourself through a locker room. 
Yeah. Whereas a guy who's just starting might just kind of sit there a little bit more timidly. Right. And I, and I think they actually want you to sort of act that way, but it's kind of just, I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. Inherently not in me because of my personality, but also because, you know, it's yeah, just not my first day. Yeah, you 13 years experience. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a lot of experience. I would think that's so. more than, than John Cena has probably. You've probably been working longer than he has, I think. I think he started. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just not even going to touch that one though. But maybe I, I, I think don't know. I, I'm just saying. For example, I think he started in 2002. Yeah, I broke. What it. I remember, I, so that would be I 12 debuted, years. Yeah, me too. I, I debuted in early 2002. You as know, well, John, so. Randy, you know, all the guys started right, about 2002. Right. So you've got that level of experience. You just haven't been here, right? Yeah. But you've been around. But that is know? the the funny it's, thing about WWE is like it kind of doesn't matter what you did before ev- for anybody. Yeah, even for yep. me. Oh, interesting. I didn't Steve know Austin, that. Austin, Mick Foley. It doesn't matter what you do outside of these walls. Yeah. Until you walk through Vince's curtain for the first time through that gorilla, yep. that's when your career really starts here. Yeah. You might yeah. know your name or know of you or know something about your reputation, but you have to prove yourself here, man, because to Vince, he doesn't know who you guys are. He doesn't watch in tapes. He doesn't, of course, he yeah. doesn't tape He's trade. not tape yeah. trading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> well, that's a dated not... reference now. They won't, they won't <laughs> even DVDs? know. DVDs? Yeah. YouTube oh, trading? YouTube, yeah. I don't know. Link trading? Link. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, WWE is not really considered a wrestling product, is it? It's sports entertainment. Right, it's exactly. A whole, it's a whole different market. A whole di- different demographic, so mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of it is the, the two worlds are similar, but sure. at the same time they're completely yeah, different. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a whole new thing. And so, tell us a little bit about the performance center. I mean, it's 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 an amazing place. Oh yeah, I mean, you guys are pretty. Not you guys per se, because you've been around, but the new guys coming in there for the first time. Yeah. They're very fortunate to be in oh my training God, this atmosphere. Yeah. I, tell us about what's what happens down there. Um. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know a world class facility from mm. from having seven rings to to roll about into. It's got everything. Yeah, like the gym, the gym, the, a the lounge. Room, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. State of it's the crazy. Art. Yeah, it's awesome. And so, like, I don't want to compare it to like, oh, when I got trained in my day, yeah. but like, well, I, I, I didn't even bowling alley. I, so. I didn't train. I didn't even have a ring. <laughs> trained on like the grass was like frozen. It was November in Canada, like taking bumps on the on the grass in a park. That's Which where is I learned. Perfect for when you did your campfire match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, I, I got this. this. Is easy, yeah. man. I know this. So you you trained in a in, on a on a on a no field, ring in a yeah. grass on a, in a backyard, literally in a backyard. Wow. Yeah. Um, I won't bore you the whole story. It's kind of interesting, but it's kind of long as well. But essentially, I, I just paid some local guy, you know, and I wasn't really aware of his qualifications. I just wanted to break in, <laughs> break in really bad. So paid. You, him you didn't just get fleeced off some random <laughs> bum, did you? <laughs> I mean, you don't need a ring, kid. I mean, he worked. <laughs> this guy worked at the FLQ in the church basement <laughs> every Friday, so he had to be good. <laughs> so um, this is the guy that trained me, and you know, we we just basically. Um, Three well, a class. It was three guys, me and two other guys. The other two never even finished training or never became wrestlers. But um, yeah, just bumping on the grass. And then his whole thing is like, because if you bump on the grass, oh my once you get in a ring, it'll be easy, oh. which is true. But you failed to mention well, that guess. you just don't have like access to the ring. Yeah, yeah. This, this sounds very dodgy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I paid twenty five bucks a week, so it's not like he like oh, robbed okay. me blind or anything. But. uh Certainly, I became a pretty good bumper as a result, I would say. So, so kids nowadays with this performance yeah, out of these, these seven today, rings, seven you don't rings. even know. Yeah, yeah and, and you're getting – here's the huge thing is you're getting paid. Like they're scouting yeah. talent from whatever, um, you know, football or whatever, you know, and, and they're scouting you and they're paying you to come 
Once you go to the center, it's you have to be a contracted performer, right? To yes, be in the performance. Yes, 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 yes. So you're you're getting paid, like you said. You're getting paid to yes. come train to be a wow. WWE superstar. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now you said that there's the, the, the thing that I laughed at. You said there's seven rings. There's a lounge. There's a gym. Lounge was second on your list. Like this must be a pretty nice lounge. Well, there's just the TV with like rep, and the network is a new thing as well, and that's got access to pretty much like everything ever. Yeah. So you've just got like everything's at your fingertips. Like oh, so you have a, a you have a clubhouse. You can go in there and watch yeah. matches and stuff. Yeah. There's a kitchen. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's a f- kitchen with a counter, and then the TV and a couch and just man it's like yeah not to mention the rings and the medical and the gym like it's a great it's just a great gym it's and, and there's awesome. also like kind of a television i don't know if it's a studio but you could do promos there that they film yeah yeah, yeah we got yeah, a promo yeah. room we got a in, uh like a commentary booth we got yeah a, to work just got everything you could yeah. any facet of, of, pro of the business sports entertainment you can consider that it's caters for and, and the cool part about it is it's becoming slowly but surely like the center for everything wwe like they convert it like oh my god like the tech guys that we have don't get enough weight like not of enough course, credit yeah. at yeah, all yeah, yeah. they tu- they turn that place into a media hub when we need to do uh media days or whatever like yeah when they were launching 2k15 the video game you know they they converted it and it made it was press from all over the world like that is where they go the, the performance and like wow. we're having a media day you know yeah, what i mean yeah, so yeah. It, it doubles as their headquarters in a weird way but it's just it's it's amazing. It's an amazing place. But um, I think it's a huge asset of the, the company. Sure, <clears throat> more, more outside, than anything. Even outside of just being a, a training center. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know really good for the for the. Image. I think that they're actually even training from what from what Triple H told me last time I was there before the real performance center was that they're even training like the cameraman, the yep. lighting yeah. guys, the yeah. producers. Like they're training every like you said every aspect, not just in the ring, but outside the ring as well. well it's. it's uh, it's just down the road from uh, Fossil University, which mm. is where we shoot NXT television. That's like a, a multimedia university. Where, right. So I know they work uh, a lot with Fossil, a lot with students. It's students who actually uh, who are the cameramen for NXT TV. Wow. Okay. Some of them, yeah, some of them. Or they're the tech, going some to of the tech school people. to learn how to do this yes. and getting on-the-job training sort of thing, right? E- exactly. So I know their working relationship with Fossil is uh, you know, very important. That's one of the reasons they they moved to that spot in Orlando because mm-hmm. everyone had to move from Tampa. Now, um, it's a great atmosphere there too when you work there. I mean, I think it holds maybe 400 people or so, but those people are so into <laughs> yep. all you guys. It, it really does kind of remind me of working in the ECW arena or something like that yeah. where it's a small crowd, but they know everybody and they're they're playing along with it. It's a lot of fun to to work there. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's fun. It's sort of like, um, I think that's where having an indie background or whatever actually kind of comes in handy um, because one thing about the Performance Center is like they're very much gearing you to, to learn to work like a television, WWE's like television sort of style, but yeah. You know the audience. I'm I'm a huge believer and a huge proponent of the, how important the audience is to it. it it's everything. Like sure, the audience is the it show. It can make it's or break po- your match. Absolutely. And the thing I always say is, if you think about all the best matches you've ever not only had but watched and you loved, it's the crowd is sure. like probably the majority Hogan of the reason. Rock. Perfect example. Turn the sound down on that. It's yep. perfect. Example. Turn the sound up. It's the best match of all exactly. time. Exactly. You know. You know. So the crowd is the match. So sometimes I feel like the crowd. Um, I don't know, as style has, has kind of evolved, the crowd is sort of getting left in the dust a little bit, and, and that's one thing where Full Sail, you know, it's kind of got that indie sort of like the crowd is such a part of the show that I, I love that. I just I love that interaction. That's, to me, what makes wrestling beautiful, you know what I mean? That interact It's show business, sure, like you sure, said the other day, you know? Yeah, it's all about it's, connecting it's, with, the, with the crowd and when they're playing yeah. along. You and know. 
And you know, at full sale, some, uh, most TV tapings were taping four hours, four weeks of TV in one night. So by the time the last hour rolls around, they've seen, yeah, they've seen a lot yeah. of products. So. Your music's played six times. <laughs> and like, you know? Exactly. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Please. I, <laughs> please. God. So, Can yeah, we get Hadar out here, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, um, and, and this is only the, the the specials, the takeovers are only available on the network. That's right. But do you find, and we kind of talked about this the other day, do a lot of people when you're working a show in you know Poughkeepsie, New York, do they know who you guys are? Can you tell a lot of people are watching the shows? Uh, definitely more so now since the launch of the network. Mm-hmm. Prior to the network, you know, I did a few loops um, and... They they kind of know who you are, but they weren't really sure. But now, since the network's launched, and it's mm. it's uh, and I think NXT in general is getting you know more notoriety, and it's getting um, getting quite popular. And I think recently uh, we've got some really good reactions on some of the live events in, in some small towns where you wouldn't expect it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're sort of becoming like a, we have a cult following within right. the WWE. It's like these are the next guys. We're like, what? What's yeah, going on yeah, over yeah. there? Sort of like I don't want to compare it to ECW, but it is sort of like the wait. Who, who's that in the corner? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and that's us because I think they are hearing that we're doing some good stuff down there and uh, working real hard and just you know. And the product is so different in NXT versus what they're going to see on Raw or SmackDown. So uh, you know, and a lot of us also for like the really smart audience and the educated ones, they know a lot of the guys who are there, like myself and him from from before other days yeah. Exa- exactly so um well i've lost my train of thought but i was really <laughs> well picked up for you i was really impressed in uh in baltimore i think that was where you guys debuted on raw and yeah. they were they really were i thought the crowd was really into it and they were chanting like a like a soccer chant like a like a yeah, Mexican olay, soccer olay, chant, olay, yeah which i thought was really interesting considering that you might you know we don't even know if you like generic or wasn't even you. Yeah, I don't know why they, they thought why it they, was you. Why they chant that? Well, for any way you cut it, that chant has been associated with me. Right. So, like, if they're chant or you know, a lot of the time, so they were chanting that in there, and that's a perfect example of yeah, um, you, you know, that sort of um, it, it follows us. It follows like, us yeah, like, now. Like I didn't know that. Ch- like I didn't know. Like I've, I've seen your guys' names, but I didn't watch any stuff from Ring of Honor or from from DDT or Dragon Gate. So I was I remember I even asked him like, why are they chanting that? Or are they just it's like oh it's because it's like associated with him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that there was a pretty sizable amount of those people in Baltimore that that knew that. Well, what's starting to be really funny is, and you didn't talk about the impact of NXT is that so NXT is a pretty smart audience. So that's what really started like loud Olay chants and 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 whatever. But now because of how successful and the fact that it's on the network, and not only that, but it's on TV in all these other countries, NXT, when we go to internationally, they're chanting Olay for me, but they have no idea about my past life. Like they They're just, just see that seeing on the it show. on the show. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the people that are chanting Olay in Baltimore are not the ones who are like, I saw him six years ago at the arena. Like, okay. It's, it's kids who are watching maybe NXT, NXT and like, oh, it's Sami Zayn. Olay, Olay, Olay. Like. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 getting over in a different way with a different audience that doesn't even know the background of it, which is really this cool. Is, you, you're you're going to have the strangest gimmick ever. You're a redheaded <laughs> Arabic French Canadian yeah. where they chant ole ole, and you're wearing an old man's <laughs> God felt. I'm hat. a freak. <laughs> that's it. That's me though. That that sums it up. So, so are you guys looking forward to December 11th? The, uh, the yeah, single match. Um, Big time. We we've uh, we've wrestled each other in what is it fourteen countries? Yeah, we're adding really? it. We're adding it up. I think with this tour with Scotland and uh, you North, know the, northern do you know the countries. Can you name some of them? 
we could try. Yeah, I Let's could see if you can name all fourteen. Oh, no, no, you're right. Try. Well, Let's see if you can name ten. You know what? Hang on, I include Puerto Rico, so well, that, okay, that, thirteen well, that, slash fourteen. Territory. Yeah, so we'll, we'll use. There's that. Canada, the states, Puerto Rico, Portugal, Japan, Japan, Portugal. Did we do Portugal? No. All right, that was a lie. Spain, <laughs> Spain, <laughs> G- Germany. Germany. Did I say so, England? I did, huh? You didn't say England yet. England, Ireland, North Ireland, Scotland. That's oh, ten. Yeah, Romania, Romania Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Wow. Yeah, France. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're missing one That's there. That's 13 already. Yeah. Did you guys do Romania, Bulgaria with this company? No. no. Okay. As I say, I don't think we've ever been there before as far as I know. We did a, I, yeah, we did I don't a think company so. called American Wrestling Rampage. It was an Irish group. Okay. Still we, one of the best tours oh my we've God. ever done. I think yeah. It was just a great experience. Uh, the, All those lads. The, the Irish the, guys. The is just incredible. It was called American Wrestling Rampage, but it was an Irish group that did it, right? So Yeah, of course. Obviously. <laughs> Come see the American wrestling. <laughs> and so um, they were just the coolest guys. And uh, it, they're friends of, of uh, Finn Balor, who's now in NXT with yeah. Prince Devitt before. So it's like that crew of guys. They're all just such great guys. Yep. And there was uh, – like who were the veteran WWE guys on that? There was RVD and Sabu, X Pac, yeah, Raven. Oh my gosh, that was, Raven's the best. Uh, Rene so Dupre, yeah, yeah. Uh, April uh, Char- Hunter, Charlie was, Haas. God, yep. yeah. So there's quite a quite a, 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 a big crew, an experienced crew there. Yeah, and it was yeah. like this sort of balance between these guys, and it's funny because that was another example of apparently I had like a ton of heat <laughs> for being too comfortable. Like, who is this guy? I guess RVD told me like they thought Sid got Sid was on the tour for like two days Sid vicious? yes and apparently hurt his bicep or something and went home and then by like again coincidence i happened to be showing up so they thought i was sid's replacement they're like who is this guy and like i'm sitting in the back of the bus and i'm like singing Worst songs. replacement ever yeah right like so they, they eventually within a few days kind of came around to me but mm-hmm. um it's just another case of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who the hell is this guy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So you guys, so that you worked on this tour, so so you've worked around the world together, fourteen countries, thirteen countries, including Puerto Rico, yeah. which yeah. I know isn't a country. So don't <laughs> hit me up and yell at me because we were establishing that already. Yeah. So now you get your chance on kind of the big stage, you know? Yeah, to, absolutely. To, to show and, your wares. Uh, you know, we are very close friends, and we, uh, like I said, we've we've known each other for so long, and we've we've had. It, well, what I feel were great matches in a lot of different spots. So that getting the chance to do it on NXT, on the network, it's kind of, you know, full circle. And it's, uh, you know, a night that I'm very much looking forward to. Now, do you guys uh, in NXT, <clears throat> are you both? Because in the four-way, there was really no heel. Tyson was kind of a heel, but it was, I think, well, Tyler's kind of a heel. But it was just four guys. Is it the same? Are you guys heel or babyface? Or well, both we're, we're, I've been a little bit naughty recently. <laughs> well, oh, okay. yeah. So on NXT, you're more the heel in this situation. Uh, and I think uh, Sammy has such a following. You know, uh, the fans really, really do love Sammy. Great. Okay. And it's a great dynamic to to mm-hmm. play with. So it, it's so, not I'll, so much that he's been bad, so much as he's done a few questionable things to sort of retain his championship at all costs. Mm-hmm. So it's a very like sort of Breaking Badish situation in that there's not really like everyone's kind of good, but there's also like little everyone's, everyone's kind of a dick yeah. too. Like there's there's everything in there. There's good yeah. character development. I really enjoyed. Like I said, I watched the whole pay per view. I keep saying pay per view. I mean special. Yeah. When you guys had the four way. And they showed like packages of you guys doing promos, and you were doing face-to-face promos, and it, that's very important too. Once again, because you're learning how to do that 
the WWE way. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was really good. I, I enjoyed that whole oh, special. You. Yeah. you know, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, see the big the big one on one match between you guys. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, maybe if if it ends in a tie, if it goes to a Broadway, you guys can just quiz each other. That's where I that's where I got uh, like hooked on you guys. Like <laughs> you guys were quizzing each other. Just testing your we, general knowledge. We we uh, we do all kinds of. We I don't know. We I don't know if we're he's just playing with his toenails right now, which is kind of gross. And <laughs> no, that's, that's very inappropriate. He's holding summer. my foot. Okay, you're, okay. All right, I'll just put my uh, foot. You can, down. No, you can play with your toenails. I'd rather no. It's inappropriate. It's I'm, I'm a guest I on the show. Play with my toenails now. Adrian's going to take his shoes off so he can play with his toenails. So don't don't. Why am I even barefooted? Sammy's in. We are friends, but. I think we're associated a little bit too often, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome to hell. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to hell. Okay, so tell us about the quiz. Like, let's do a little quizzing. I don't know now. what it is, but I don't know if it's just we're highly competitive. And we I do. Are, bl- are very competitive. I blame him. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, I really do. It's I, yeah. think I genuinely, I do. I, I just want to relax. Sammy, he makes everything into this contest. He's so. the little hen that never <laughs> leaves. Oh, leg. get out of here! Sammy is never in the wrong. <laughs> no, I totally. I, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. When I'm, oh, when, oh, that's the first time I've. <laughs> when heard I'm that. wrong, I'm wrong. You know, but I've just never been wrong. But he'll <laughs> no, he'll start things. Oh, okay. He'll he's the starter, but a lot of times it's just harmless fun. So this quiz off is an example. We're sitting on the bus and. Uh, you know, I don't know where we're going. Maybe one English town or another. We had a four-hour drive, and so he he says, "Let's play quiz off," <laughs> which is not a game, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't exist. All right, quiz off. Yay. I said, "So what's quiz off?" He's like, "Just you know, general trivia, general knowledge." All right, but, but the rules are: you have to ask a question that will be in the realm of his knowledge. Exactly. Like, I can't ask him like this far-out question that he'll never really answer. Right. He has to admit that he may know the answer and then attempt to answer. Okay. Well, let's try it. Like you got. Let's let's do. Oh, put the camera on now. the bus. Let's let's play quiz off. <laughs> quiz off. <laughs> but I must say, quiz off is not the only one of our games. We have so you know, many. A what, plethora of games. Yeah. What are some of the other games? Uh, well, so we have some more, more conventional games, like you know we're. But backstage, pong, sometimes those, N- like, those NXT we... shows, like call time is four and the show's not till 7.30. So we'll set up, help set up the ring and everything like that. So by five, you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we've done it. We play Pictionary. Hockey Sack. Hockey Sack. We were playing soccer for a while until it got banned. Yeah, we got soccer banned at NXT. <laughs> Why did soccer get banned? Just health and safety. Uh, yeah. Health without, and safety. <laughs> without getting <laughs> too specific. Yeah, play, let's, let's was the, was the ball covered in <laughs> Ebola? What are you talking about? <laughs> it was just... There is this. I, I don't even want to touch it. It's okay. kind of a long story, right. but essentially we did nothing wrong. But it was just like this could look bad, so just let's stay it's away from it. Okay, but, so but no, but nothing. What I'm trying to say is nothing bad happened. Okay, it was just. Is it a situation like this? A, a couple of months ago, Kyoto and um, uh, Primo were playing football in the in the arena in the arena, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there going over my match like we're talking right now, and I happened to turn, and the ball hit me right oh, in the eye. Primo missed the catch, and it, it couldn't have hit me more perfect. <laughs> like the point of the football, American football, hit me right in the eye. And dude, I flipped out. I was, I wanted oh, to fight Kyoto, and I wanted I think to fight I actually Primo. Heard this story. Yeah, I was yelling. I was like, "You son of a!" <laughs> like just freak. I had Kyoto up against the railing, and Kyoto's yelling at me, and "F you!" and "F you!" and blah blah blah. And then I have to go to the doctor, and he's oh, no. checking my eye. I'm like, "This is the dumbest injury ever." Yeah, it was in the arena. Like okay, yeah. okay, that's health and safety. It was essentially like how this might look bad okay and so we don't want that like gotcha. it's not something you would do at raw so don't do it here okay so it's soccer it's hacky sack it's pictionary you can play picture charades just general charades, charades. We, play, we got charades going uh, backstage actually all the boys would get involved yeah some epic game we, ping charades. pong became a huge thing the, one pong. of the venues had a ping pong but, table uh, but i'd just like to say chris that i am pretty much better than sammy at everything okay not everything wow. and i'd not like to everything. also mention, like to also mention nhl 
15. The nerve on this guy to come and on I'm, your I'm show. I'm going to say he's from, he's from Newcastle. I'm, exactly. He's I'm from a England. Brit. I'm a Brit, and I beat him. Wow, you're National from Montreal. Sport. I'm trying to restrain myself right now. Uh-oh. But. <laughs> but. Uh-oh, we might have December 11th might be taking a place right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'll commentate it live. Yeah. Wow. No, he's got my number in ping pong. I beat him a handful of times, but he, he is better at ping pong. But, uh, I mean, we could bring up darts. Okay, we yeah. can bring up NHL that I think I've beat him in like 10 straight games at this point. <laughs> no, what an absolute lie. <laughs> Anyways, we, we're pretty much evenly Anyways, matched. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> We've also created soccer tennis. At, soccer uh, tennis, that's an original. Yeah, well, it's not a, we, I used to play as a kid. but We go to a tennis court at my apartment complex or his, and we uh, play tennis but with, a, with your feet with a soccer ball. Wow. It's pretty fun. It's I don't know. We fun. just make up games and stuff. So quiz off is, was just... It's the most recent. Most Ta- recent. Times yeah. sort of changed. You know, 10 years ago, guys were taking pills and <laughs> yeah, getting loaded, and now you're playing Pictionary. Yeah. You've got to make it work. You know? Absolutely. Again, it's it goes back to 10, 15 years ago. I might have been like, <laughs> yeah. just read re- re- out no pills. eyebrows. Yeah, you know, exactly. Taped up into the ceiling. <laughs> Nasty boys <laughs> shoving a ball up, like, up your butt. Hardcore Holly and JBL. Like, guys, you want to play quiz off? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Nasty boys. Why? <laughs> yeah. I got a quiz for you. Yeah. <laughs> you stick this bottle up your ass. Exactly. Yeah, times have changed, but in some ways... For the better, yeah, I want to. I want to play one round of quiz off, though. I want to. I want to see how you guys work your, your questions. Oh, you see, you're really putting us on the spot now. Well, I mean, just pretend that you're just playing it. Like, so remember yesterday, the other day, you were asking about temperature, like if you knew uh, the yes. difference between Fahrenheit and Celsius. And did you said what, what was he, the question? He didn't get it. He's. Because I asked we him. We work on the metric system. I said. Everyone knows that it's an unfair question. water. You know, I okay, about so the that's realm? outside your realm. What do you oh, mean? You're you're on the though. metric system, England. England. Yeah, but we, we don't use Fahrenheit. We use exactly, but you live in America, as do I, a Canadian living in America. Mm-hmm. So I said water, everyone knows, water freezes at a temperature of zero and boils at 100 in the metric system. Right. But as I think a Canadian admit, and once, as an Englishman. Once the question had been answered, I think we admit how ridiculous the system was because they're just random numbers, like 36. Yeah, but it the point is, this is a question that you could zero know the answer to. That's it's the within the realm of your knowledge. <laughs> But what is, so what is the answer? What was it? The, the answer is snow or water freezes in Amer- and Fahrenheit 32 degrees and boils at 212. Look at that. I hope that's right, actually, because somebody's going to like. Uh, it's actually 221. Yeah. Hit, hit us up on the Twitter if he's right <laughs> or if he's wrong. That voice has come up a lot, by the way, on the tour. The Eddie Murphy white guy <laughs> yeah, voice. Well, Uso actually, it's it. 212. Yeah. That's like, always like kind of the go-to voice for the nerd who knows everything, <laughs> yeah, right. which is apparently all three of us as well. <laughs> you know, It's like the other day when I saw the Jughead comic <laughs> in your in your bag. That's another thing where I was like, I love this guy. Blatantly displayed a Jughead Jones. They were called Digests when Correct. I was a kid. The little Archie comics, they're thick. I used to buy those things. Yeah. I used to wait at the drugstore for them to come out. Like I knew, okay, every second Tuesday there's a new Archie. Yeah. The and best. I would buy it. Yeah. And I, like if we were going on a, on a family trip, I would buy it and save it for the yeah. for the ride. <laughs> you know. But you're still reading Archie comics. Yeah, it's just great. Uh, I mean, I read them when I can. I have a stack of them at home. And then, like, I don't know, it's good, like, bathroom reading or just, like, on the road or I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. I put his hand over his forehead on that one, like, covered his you, Are you aware of Archie comics? Uh, I've, got, I've got no idea what you're Archie talking about. Archie is uh, it's a famous car- cartoon or comic, and Archie's a high school student. Just, he's, he's got red hair. Maybe that's why you, you empathize. He's it, got actually, hair. it's very funny because my whole, you know, growing up, I always thought I related the most to Jughead. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't really interested in chicks, which I wasn't until quite late. Like, I wanted to be Jughead. Me too. I like, don't like girls. Screw girls. Eat just food. eat food and yeah. like just li- li- <laughs> lazy and crown. like lives the life. You know, he's always relaxing. He's wearing a crown. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, funny hat. So like, I just really, really related to Jughead. But then I remember er- later in my life, I said, "Oh my God, I'm Archie!" Like I realized that was Archie. It was a, a real revelation. Yeah, um, and it's an Archie. Would, uh, he went to high school with his friends, Jughead, okay. and he would always be a kind of in a romantic triangle with Betty, who oh. was the sweet blonde, and Veronica, who was the red, uh, raven-haired, black-haired, and she was rich. Veronica, really Lodge. rich. Yeah. So she was kind of the rich, snotty chick. So Betty was the baby. Betty face. would be the one that you want to go for, but, okay. but Veronica, like, yeah, like, you know, she she's like the, the girl next girl. door, but Veronica's the one you lust for. It was yeah, a really, yeah, it's yeah. very it's, profound it in a way. Much is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of like kind of. Uh, I remember like special Archies. I remember one where I think like Jughead got hit by a like a, a, a cement block or something. <laughs> and he's in the he's in the hospital, like he's in a coma, and it was called the vigil. And I remember Archie oh, was like, comatose. Yeah, yes, yes, like, yes. please, please let my friend. Yeah, they have live. some heavy ones. Yeah, yeah, this is deep. It's pretty deep. Oh, yeah. man. It's honestly sort of like uh throwback to the like uh you know, after school specials. Like right. so, sometimes they're like just fun and whatever, and look what they're yeah, up to, yeah, but yeah. sometimes there's those really heavy episodes. And there was little Archie. That was when they were I kids. love little Archie. I love little Archie. <laughs> I love him. I love little Archie. They're like so the, cute. He had like the tic tac toe thing on the yeah, side of his yeah, head. Yeah. Know, like that was his hairstyle. Now you said that uh that Mrs. Grundy is dying has passed away i can neither confirm nor deny this 100 percent. but oh. what i've been told by a fellow archie fan is <laughs> i don't know if we have by a fellow I archie aficionado. I don't know, yeah i don't know if we have names like archie archaholics or whatever like i don't know if there's a name for archie Archie's fans, anonymous but apparently what i've heard is that I, i'm out of the loop because all the ones not only all the archies i read but all the movies all the music i mentioned this to you like everything i'm stuck in a time warp like everything before the year 2000 along with your clothes <laughs> yeah right, exactly right so like i'm generally stuck somewhere between like 1965 and 95 um but essentially apparently um miss grundy has been killed off by cancer wow that's what? heavy and apparently there's a there's a, a gay character that was introduced which i know nothing about but apparently Archie is going to die taking a bullet for this kid. What? Yeah, which seems awfully heavy. Like whoa, this whoa. Is... these are kids comics, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's well, I don't even know how you can have Archie comics without I thought Archie. They were kids comics. Yeah. He's proven obviously, obviously Archie's going to die by taking a bullet for a gay guy? This is just what I'm hearing. I don't I can't confirm this. this. Like, funny that I don't well, I have a feeling that we're going to get this. a lot of backlash on Twitter saying no, or, this is happening like or... the Archie like Archie People are going to be like, "What? How do they yeah. find out?" Or there's a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah like, maybe they need to podcast. How do they know? <laughs> yeah. I'll be getting calls from Archie Comics Limited. We're going to put a cease and desist on your podcast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you can't say that. Wow. So, yeah. so uh, uh, who's your favorite? It was Jughead. I, yeah, like I said, I, I identified most with Jughead, and but now I think as as time went on, I realized I'm kind of Archie. Like, yeah, like both somewhat with my relationship with women but also with my like klutziness at times and like misunderstood and like the teachers hate them and <laughs> do you have a jalopy um actually i have a nissan altima that i have called old betsy named after his jalopy so that's the name of my car straight like, off i feel like i'm 10 years old and i haven't i haven't said or thought of the name old betsy since <laughs> yeah. i was about 10 years yeah old. that's my car old betsy yeah actually favorite. every car i've ever owned has been old betsy so <laughs> that's i it, yeah that's just the name yeah i like moose and midge like yeah Duh, stay away from my girl yeah every dummy in high school jock <laughs> in high school yeah um, reggie always making a move reggie on midge. Was the asshole. what yeah, a guy did you read any comics when you were a kid uh, we, we used to have kids comics called the Beano and the Dandy, but it wasn't just what. One. <laughs> <laughs> bear with me, bear with me. So uh, this sucks. 
<laughs> Sorry, go on, go on. Uh, but yeah, they weren't like one character. Like I imagine Archie is just one guy. Yeah, yeah. One, we yeah. had various characters throughout the comics. So you'd have, you know, like Dennis the Menace. Okay. And ah. Billy Wiz and uh, Roger the Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> Minnie the Minx. Uh, I like Billy Wiz. That's a good one. Stop <laughs> scoffing at my just, comics. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> he that just pisses really all the time. His gimmick was he runs really fast. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So that could have been a good name to pitch to creative office. <laughs> but the, but the being on the Dan, oh, Desperate Dan, he was the big guy in the dandy. But um, anyway, <laughs> these comics, they wouldn't deal with that. Matters quite as deep as cancer and, <laughs> and homosexual relations or whatever. Taking a bullet. From yeah. It would be like, oh, Dennis has lost his cat. No, know? but that's what that's what Archie usually is. Archie usually yeah, will, he makes a that. date with Betty and Veronica on the same night, and like, oh no, and he's bouncing yeah, yeah, yeah. from table to table, and then he gets caught, and he has no date. It's like Three's oh, Company. Yeah, yeah but, uh, Reggie's uh, trying to screw him over. Yeah, I don't and Reggie's know, I, trying to trying to stooge him off. Yeah, it's spe- specifically for Veronica. Yeah, he always like. And meanwhile, Veronica. Jughead just shaking his head, eating burgers eating at burgers Pops. You know, at Pops is <laughs> Pops chocolate shop. Chocolate shop. I think I still love it so much. O P P E. That's right. It's, it just values everything that I love about like old school Americana, you know. That I want to see a, a mashup with where Billy Wiz shows up at the, at the pop <laughs> shop and tries to steal. <laughs> guys, <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question. Um, you guys have had so many matches, and I always like to ask my uh, my guests this: What's your favorite match that you've ever had? Oh my Or or God. a few yeah. of them. It doesn't have to be any point in your career. You've got thirteen years. W- one for for me would certainly be uh, or ten years. It was the first match we had on the, the aforementioned uh, AWR tour. It was in France. Oh, me and you, one? yeah, of course. We, it, was, it, was, it was when Sammy joined the tour late and replaced Sid Vicious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sid Vicious is not here, but Sammy Zayn is the replacement. You can get your refunds before the end of the first match. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what town it was. I think it was... It was not, uh, I want to say Nantes. Okay, yeah, Nantes? that makes sense. Nantes, France. Uh, N-A-N-T-E? Yes. Well, oh, I don't think I've ever been there before. Yeah. You guys had a single match? Yeah, we, we had a singles match, and it was... Uh, There's kind it, of a it, funny like, story about that, too, isn't there? About after the match. Yeah, <laughs> but the match itself, like we were saying before, it was it was all to do with the interaction, the, the audience's mm, response. Great crowd. And it was, you know, it was um, super fun to be in there. There was no, no real pressure. We just went out there and had our match. And I, I guess match. I'll tell this story with, with tr- without trying to offend the person in question but basically we had this match and um raven was backstage mm. and um he watched the match and it was really like it was good it was yeah, one yeah, of yeah. our we've wrestled yeah, a lot. So it was great. one of our really you know good ones right. and he goes guys god that was you know oh, tremendous match wow i mean Man, there, great match. yeah there, there yeah, were a couple little things a couple little things and I'll, I'll talk to you about it after if you want to hear it but, but god you know great match and so we'd never been to wwe we'd never been to any sort of you know Anywhere with this sort of thing was intru- like this is the first time we got introduced to something someone trying to kind of agent mm. our match. Okay. So what happened is we get back and then Raven like what we thought was a great match systematically picks it apart. Now I'm thinking, God, I don't know if this match was that good. So we try the next night to do sort of the the match, but with his or a different match, but with his sort of criticism. The match gets worse. <laughs> and then he criticizes that match. So then the next night we go out and try to correct it again. It gets worse. <laughs> it's like Inception. You're just getting, <laughs> yeah. what level are we at? Yeah. Yeah. Deeper and deeper and Exactly. Deeper. Just yeah. progressively is getting worse. So by the fourth night, we like, and again, there's nothing against Raven. He has no, a course. great yeah, mind yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but just wasn't working for us. So by the fourth night, like to not offend him, 
we went to the other end of the arena and like called the match or like talked talked about stuff we might do in a broom closet just to like <laughs> as far away as possible to just not lock bolt yeah exactly chair yeah. under the doorknob <laughs> so it was um but that was one of my favorites uh we um well, there was also our first i think it was our, i was going to say in the, california the pwg one was uh, very very uh, memorable for me because it was my first weekend um in the States. Mm. I think I was 19 years old, maybe 20 years old, and uh, it was back in 2006. And it was my, my first sort of opportunity out there on the on the West Coast in California for PWG. Is that like in LA or something? Or mm-hmm. It is. In Reseda, right? Reseda, Correct. Yeah. Reseda. And um, yeah, um, we'd, we'd, we'd wrestled twice in Europe the previous week. Was it the week yeah, England before? and Germany, maybe? Mm. Uh, but it was, it was fairly recently, and then we had our match in uh, PWG, and... and you know, I didn't expect the response it got, and it was uh, really quite eye-opening to me. Um, that you people know, knew you, and uh, well, they didn't necessarily know me, but they, they by the end of the match, they, they were certainly, uh, yeah. certainly. He got over. Yeah, yeah, kid got over. That's that's a great memory for me, and you know, that's great. Man. Um, a lot of, it, of, so. of our matches, I would say those are probably two. Uh, there was like also, I think we worked each other in Japan, and that was just kind of special. Just mm-hmm. you know, Japan. just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tokyo Actually, one, yeah, yeah the that was WWE tour. That was sold had... out. Sumo Hall tore it up. Hogan watched it. He's like, you, "You guys tore it up, brother." That's great. And Hogan's my hero yeah, from when yeah, I was a kid. And actually, another match, not not with Neville, but another match is the Cesaro match at um, Arrival, the first NXT oh. special. A big reason that was also so special for me is because Bret Hart was there, and mm. I don't know if he'd really known my work or not, but he was another huge hero of mine. Triple H obviously is the boss, but you know, so I want to yeah, sure. impress him any opportunity I can, but also because I respect the hell out of him yeah, of as course. far as as a mind. And you know, Shawn Michaels is there, and Cena are there, and wow. all these guys are there. As like, you know, this is the first special, like, so they had all these guests. So and it was, me and Cesaro had all these stories, and he's one of my best opponents. So I was like, the stars are aligned. I'm gonna kill it tonight, and we did. And Bret Hart like loved it, and that mm. like meant the world to me because yeah. like I grew up idolizing this guy, you know. So I think we talked about it a little. Uh, at some point on this tour, just those moments in life where, and kind of even for Neville, like going back to Newcastle and like now they know him and like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. been a fan his whole life, but now they're putting him over. Right. right so right, the right. same way, but you were telling us all these great stories about meeting Keith Richards and Axl Rose <laughs> and like basically meeting your heroes, but now your peers, yeah. exactly. you know what I mean? Or, or, or they they admire your work as well. That's like a really, for me, that's like those little like I made it in life that's moments, the true sign you know. Of making it exactly when, when you have respect from your peers, yes, and, and your heroes, heroes, yes, are your peers as well. Yeah, yeah I, I agreed. So those are real special moments for me and real special nights for me. Well, it's going to be a special night, December eleventh, yeah, with the yes, R Revolution, which is also revolution. Yeah, <laughs> get the network, and this is this is one of my things about the network. They always say it's nine ninety nine or it's free, but they never really tell you a lot of times what's on the network. Yeah, yeah. we're telling you this match is going to be a huge match for you guys. Absolutely. You got something to prove after working fourteen countries yeah. against yeah. each other. So I'm going to be watching it on December eleventh, and you guys should watch it too. And you guys are great, man. You guys are. Uh, it's it's fun to talk to you guys, and it's you guys are killing it on this tour and the, the future's in good hands guys thank you man i just gotta get rid of that stupid hat <laughs> well just maybe give it some time it'll okay. grow on you actually you know? you know what if that becomes a merch item i swear to you i will buy one <laughs> and i will wear it but i'll wear it backwards oh uh, no you don't want to be that okay, guy I'll wear it forwards, <laughs> there then. you go Jeez, man i can't get anything from you all right i will <laughs> Sorry, buy man. the Sami Zayn hat there it is you heard it here <laughs> thank you
Thanks to Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. What a couple characters they are. I'm really excited to see them battle it out in the ring at the WWE NXT TakeOver Our Evolution live event on December 11th on the WWE Network. It's going to be worth your $9.99 per month subscription. So go check it out. Again, that's live on WWE Network on December 11th. You're not going to want to miss this match. You can hear the passion in Adrian and Sami's voices. The fact they're such great friends. They work so well together. They've got great chemistry. This is going to be a match for the ages. Thank you to them for doing the show. Thanks for uh, Jeff Rouse as well for being with us and and, and giving us all of his great stories and a very, very cool guy that he is. And thanks to you for listening to this show. I know that there's thousands of podcasts to schwa's from, and I appreciate your schwa's in mine, and I appreciate you uh, you helping me with this show on Amazon. I know you're trying to finish up your holiday shopping. Things are going to get down to the wire, and you know where you can do that, Amazon, of course. And you know how to use my links through Talk is Jericho, right? Come on, say it with me. Just go to, here we go, podcastone.com. Say it again, podcastone.com, and click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You see all three of my Amazon links in the UK, the USA, and the Canada, A. Eh? I bet there's someone on your gift-giving list who would love to have the new Fazer record, Do You Want to Start a War? Or my new book, The Best in the World, at what? I have no idea. Or how about, uh, how about Paul Stanley's book? That would be a good one. Uh, hmm, Paul Stanley sure would be a good guest on this show. Huh, that's called foreshadowing, kids. No matter what you buy. If you do it through my Amazon links, Amazon will kick back a little cash to this show so we can keep doing it for you for free for twice a week. I love doing this show. I love talking to my friends. I love making friends through the show. I love the fact that you guys are digging it. Remember, there's no extra fees or hidden challenges if you do your shopping on Amazon. You're just getting it done and helping me out in the process. It's the easiest way to support this show. So, I thank you so much for being here. It was a great, great episode. Next week, who's the guest for next week? I'll tell you who it is. It's a two-parter. It's one of the most requested guys. I keep bringing you the guests, all right? I don't got controversy on my show. I'm not giving you the Vince McMahon, but I'm giving you the best guests that you got, baby. Because next week on this show, two-part interview with Dean Ambrose. Yeah, enough said. It is amazing. You're going to hear two parts with Dean Ambrose because you requested it. I always give the people what they want. All right, that's next week. But in the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcast podcastone.com. 